PlayStation 2 was released in North America in the year 2000, making this incredible console 20 years old. From Final Fantasy X to God of War II, we enjoyed hundreds of games in this console, including PS1 titles, thanks to its backwards compatibility. The fact that it's an older console means there have to be gamers out there that never played a single game from its massive catalog. Which ones are still worth playing now? We're going to be talking about that on a brand new episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode each and every Sunday talking about our favorite games and movies. And it is truly unbelievable that this incredible console with DVD compatibility is 20 years old. So we're going to be talking about that with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico. Joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ryan McNulty. Now, Ryan, when you when you think about the PlayStation 2, does it feel like it's actually been 20 years since its original release? It really doesn't because I feel like the PlayStation 2 has remained relevant in my life for it basically hasn't stopped being relevant to me but it is crazy to think that it's you know it's now 20 years old but thanks to backwards compatibility and re-releases of games i've found myself continuing to play playstation 2 games so it's never quite felt old to me even now and from london ontario we have keith hamilton same thing man uh, the, the PS2 was a thing that was really special to us because the three of us bonded over the console. Now that it's 20 years old, how do you feel? It makes me feel sad. Right. That means I'm old. <laughs> we but, are old. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that. But it's exactly like Ryan said, uh, with backwards compatibility being such a thing, it doesn't feel as old as it actually is because a lot of the classics from this system like truly are timeless. You just slap a new coat of paint on it or a paint of code on it and then boom, you've got this game that still feels good to play today. So it's really helped it age gracefully. Yeah, and everybody watching and listening, if you like what we do, remember uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can subscribe there. You can also leave a five-star review on Stitcher Facebook, all of that good stuff. But this is a console that, as both of you mentioned, the fact that it's been backwards compatible means that it really doesn't feel nearly as old as it does. And I think that a lot of games, you know, you think about Kingdom Hearts, you think about God of War. There are many obvious games that were awesome in it, but uh, the three of us, we also have uh, an awesome uh, contributor from our Discord. We selected one specific game that we wanted to recommend because, as we mentioned, there's probably a lot of people that just never experienced the PS2. So kicking it off hot and spicy with Mr. Hamilton, if you were to recommend one game for somebody to play this year, which would it be and why? It's a game that really sits on the top of my list of timeless PS2 games. And I know it's an extremely critically acclaimed game, but if there's someone out there that has never played Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, stop this podcast Come back in like 25 hours and so feel should I, should what I, walk I away feel. Now? Yeah, just, <laughs> go, just, go, just go play MGS3 instead of this episode. We'll, we'll get you next time. But <laughs> like I've mentioned it in the past, Metal Gear Solid is one of my favorite series ever. And this is the best one as far as I'm concerned. I guess Metal Gear Solid 1 has a special place in my heart. But this takes what I love about Metal Gear and just this was like the perfect moment for it where the backbone of Metal Gear is this 
kind of based in reality spy story that the details along the edges of it are just so insane that it's uh, that's where the video gameness comes uh, comes out of it. Like, oh, okay, this game takes place uh, during the Cold War era, and um, you're you play this super spy that's uh, invading this Russian jungle to save a uh, Russian scientist that wants to defect because he's creating like a mass weapon seems pretty grounded right probably happened a few times during the cold war but then once you get into the mission things go bad you kind of get beat up by a general that can shoot lightning you have to fight a dude that shoots bees at people like his entire he's a super soldier that is based off the fundamentals that he shoots bees at people (laughs) that is his thing he is on the battleground just sicking bees on people and he is like he's one of the hardest bosses in that game the pain can go sod but then you have all of this crazy stuff and then metal gear solid 3 just tells such a great story in my opinion it is one of the best stories ever in video games the way that it ties itself together in this uh mentorship story that it tells and the origins of one of the uh one of the series main characters going forward and just oh my god that ending if if there's one thing that i would say that you need to see from this game it is play it and then see that ending in context and it is one of the most amazing things you will see in a video game and now i know this game has been released uh re-released a couple of times and in a couple of like hd collections so it is pretty six or accessible outside the ps2 but i honestly think there's a case worth making to just go play metal gear solid 3 subsistence uh a ps2 copy of it because it comes with the base game metal gear solid 3 if you play the subsistence version there's a um there's like upgrades to the controls and they made the camera better and you kind of get this little added bonus of being able to play the old msx games on there as well you can play metal gear 1 and metal gear 2 not the nes versions but the msx versions and kind of see where the um see where the um what is the word I'm looking for? The Where series. The, yeah. the series started. And it's a neat little thing. There used to be a thing called Metal Gear Online there. It's long dead. Oh, never forget. Never forget. Never we forget played Metal Gear Online. We played it a lot. I That was a thing where I think I convinced myself to like it more than I actually liked it. Because it was Metal Gear. It was all right. Looking back, it was a solid meh. But because it had the name Metal Gear on it, I loved the living S out of it. But yes, go play Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Great game. Just ignore the B-Man. Would you say that it's it's scary for somebody that's never played a Metal Gear Solid game or or just any kind of game like this? And and for context, I mean, there's a lot of cutscenes to the point that Keith has my copy from a version of the game that came with only the cutscenes. And it's like a seven hour long thing. Oh it includes some of the play, some of the some gameplay and all that, but it's like a super lengthy thing, right? It's not as bad as you make it out to be because, like, Metal Gear Solid goes off a cliff with that stuff to the point where there's a two-hour cutscene in Metal Gear Solid Four. But literally, people, yeah, a literal two-hour cutscene. But 
the way that it's paced in three, I think that's when it was at its best because yes, you're getting the long cutscenes and you're getting basically the giant presentations of just bullet points of explaining and over and over and over, over con or contextualizing things. But the action between it is just so good that you just want to get back to it. And some of the scenes in there are just like, they're over the top, but over the top in a good way, where it's fun to see the lightning bolt colonel man get hit by a lightning bolt and be fireworks for a kiss at the end of a or at the end of a boss fight because his body's exploding in electrical bolts and he's fireworks from it. And then there's this great like chase in it. So that's half cut scene, half gameplay that is just so good. It's a uh, it found that sweet balance of Metal Gear that. I don't think they ever found again in the series, but yeah, high point for the series right here. Ryan, have you ever played any of the Metal Gear Solid games? I forget. So the original one, I've played the PS1 version of Metal Gear Solid. That's the only one I've played, but I do own two and three, and I've just never gotten around to playing it. They're on the shelf directly behind me. I need to get to it. Guess we're going to have to fix that. We could just do Twin Snakes, because that's also like a GameCube version, and you like that game. I mean, you like the GameCube, so. I'm not rolling with this again. Oh, damn it. Damn it. No, I'm not even, no. No, Metal Gear Solid 3, I actually did play it. I've beaten almost every Metal Gear Solid game except for 3. There was something about that game that, for me, it just didn't click as well as other ones, but I completely understand why, you know, you freaking love it. The soundtrack is amazing. The yeah, atmosphere. Snake Eater is easily one of the best video games songs ever. But oh my God, that ending is so good. Well, don't, don't spoil it, man. I, you, I'm you not going to spoil it. You, you anything. get a save it for somebody that hasn't played it. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will I will say, I will go on record. I will sign my life away and say it is sure. probably the best ending in video game history. People, we, we, got a, we got a statement there. Do you agree or disagree? Because uh, this is a very recognizable franchise. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that, Mr. Uh, Hamilton. Now, oh, you're quite welcome. Now, Ryan, in, in your case, uh, which, uh, which game do you got coming up? So I'm going with a little bit of a game that kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people, but was really the start of series of games that were released by the developer Quantic Dream uh, that I would hope to see continue more and and see more of. Um, But anyway, the game that I chose is in America known as Indigo Prophecy, but also known as Fahrenheit, I think, internationally. Correct. And this is a paranormal thriller, but more of like an interactive movie style of game. And essentially, you start out as this uh, this character, Lucas, who's chilling in a diner. And all of a sudden, he is like essentially mind controlled and ends up murdering someone. And he has no idea what the hell's going on. But you're unraveling this kind of sci-fi mystery playing as multiple characters, um, including Lucas and uh, cops as well, um, and kind of getting different sides of the story to unravel this crazy sci-fi mystery that gets really batshit crazy towards towards the end not gonna lie uh it also really is you know it's 2005 when this came out so 
yeah, it's got some matrix matrixy cringe in there, not gonna lie. But if you can overlook that, it's really the start of a really cool series. Cause as we know, this developer went on to make games like Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Jason. So, <laughs> Jason. Jason. But, yeah, this is uh, a great game for the PS2. It is on um, other systems as well, but I first experienced it on the PlayStation 2. I believe there is also a remastered uh, port you can play on the PS4 now, and I think some other uh, platforms as well. So How did there's... you first find out about it? Because it's um, not exactly an obvious game that you yeah, see on the shelf. I'm I get first it. found ab- out about it. Um, I had a roommate in college who had a bunch of PlayStation 2 games that, you know, I had a limited experience with limited knowledge of the library of PS2, honestly, because I spent most of this genre, uh, most of this generation, rather, with a GameCube and an Xbox. And it wasn't until I wanted to play uh, SmackDown 06 with you guys that I ended up eventually getting a PS2. Right. I remember us talking about that. Yeah. So I held out for a while. Also, you know, I was... I don't know how old I was, but I didn't have a lot of money. Basically, I couldn't buy one at the time. But... Yeah, he had a number of games. That's how I got introduced to uh, like Silent Hill and Shadow of the Colossus and Okami. Um, So a lot of those PS2 games. Um, But Indigo Prophecy was definitely a more unique one. And this was right before I believe Heavy Rain came out or right around that time that I played it. So I kind of played the two games close to each other. But um, Indigo Prophecy was a really cool start to that type of genre at least on that system i had never seen or played anything like that before i know the arcade games had some similar things with uh it was what was it dragon something um, dragon's lair dragon's lair yes right, dragon's the lair, arcade yeah. version of dragon's lair was basically that interactive movie style and this kind of took it to a whole new level that i thought was really cool and there's like branching um story paths within this game so it's a super cool game i don't want to spoil too much of the story and it's crazy and a little it's a lot to get into anyway probably not as complicated as uh mgs but still gets uh gets a little out there more than you would expect from the gameplay standpoint is it is it i don't want to say a walking simulator but what do you sort of do like what's the gist of it from a gameplay standpoint um so there there's a lot of times where you are your character just interacting with the environment just walking around but obviously when you go into these sort of battle sequences that's when the game is centered around like quick time events basically where you know a lot of games would use this you know resident evil 4 i know was famous for implementing it into random kind of scenes in in its game in in like in the cutscenes rather almost but uh this was any battle type scenario any like chase scene or whatever any like action scene was heavily done with these quick time events so when a game's really built around it i think it works Sometimes it's hit or miss when it's just kind of thrown into the gameplay because after Resident Evil did it, it seemed like everybody was throwing it in and it didn't necessarily always fit. But when a game is built around it, I do think it can work. Does Heavy Rain play exactly like Fahrenheit? Because I've never checked out this game either. I 
didn't know it existed until after I played Heavy Rain, and then just yeah. going back was tough. But are they pretty much like uh, control wise the they're, same idea? Uh, yeah, they're very similar. I think Heavy Rain does a lot to smooth things out, but. Uh, Fahrenheit, Indigo Prophecy, whatever you want to call it, is definitely still very playable and worth worth visiting. Okay. Yeah, those are games that I never played, but I feel like uh, now, and I think we talked about this like about a year ago, these these were games that were sort of like hidden gems or underrated titles for the consoles, but I feel like now you know, you've gotten a lot of re-releases. Uh, there's uh, PC ports. People modify a lot of these games, so... It's like a really good incentive to be able to just appreciate the fact that, hey, if you like Heavy Rain, you know, you go back an entire generation and there is a game like that, you know, and uh, I think they fully embraced Fahrenheit as a game now, like in terms of Indigo Prophecy, because I remember the PC version, I believe, has always been called Fahrenheit, but because of a lot of things that happened, you know, terrorism, etc., they changed the name to make it a little bit friendlier there. But if anybody's played either by the name of Indigo or uh, Fahrenheit, please hit us up on tw- Twitter. Uh, Ryan's there at the Ryan McNulty. You can also find us on Twitter at a cast to the past. And before we get to uh, my pick going over to our discord, which is a cast of the past.com slash discord. Ace bunny wrote a couple of different games and including, he said, uh, I've got many PS2 games that still rock today, like Kingdom Hearts 2, of Final Fantasy X, Ten Two, and Twelve, and others that I need to continue uh, thinking about. Now, when it comes to Kingdom Hearts, I think it is like there are many. There are like twenty different ways to play these these damn games. There's like one, one point five. There's the one point five Unleashed, four K, three. Like thank God whatever. for Wikipedia because <laughs> that's the only way I can figure out. Because yeah, now there's like a the story so far and Kingdom no, Hearts like two point eight. Yeah, there is like two versions of that. It's crazy. Did you guys ever play uh, Kingdom Hearts or any of them? Oh, yeah. I love Kingdom Hearts. I've, I love the mainline Kingdom Hearts games. I've beaten one and two. I still haven't touched three. It's just a matter of JRPGs are difficult to commit to at this point in my life. But I'll play three one day. I know that. But, and just great games. It's... Uh, it's deceptive how great the story is because you kind of see it and you think like, oh, okay, here's Mickey Mouse hanging out with Cloud and they're going to go on whatever adventure. But it's like, it's a really deep story and it's really good. It's just straight up good. They mind, they managed to make it work with Orin from Final Fantasy X hanging out with Hades from, well, hell, figure that one out. And then just a way to make it all combined together in this nice little story that makes sense inside the context of a Disney movie that you're playing in and in the overall Kingdom Hearts universe. And then near the end of those games, it just jumps off a cliff and gets all JRPG to the max. They're they're wonderful games. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the, the mechanics because I have the collection that has everything except just before three and i think they are a little bit on on the stiff side but uh this last game is a game that i played on the ps2 i played it on the ps3 and i played the uh playstation 4 remake and this is maybe the definitive game that i that i love to play on the ps2 and that is a shadow of the colossus so this is a game that for those that haven't played it i think i said it before it's boss battle of the game the whole purpose is that You have one mission, and that's to take down different colossus. So you do nothing else uh, in between rather than just explore the world. You ride your horse. You identify where the colossus are. And what I love is that 
these are not your traditional battles where you hack and slash and you eventually beat the enemy and you move on to the next one. The way this game works is that you have a Colossus that's super huge, so you got to climb him. But how do you actually do that? Where's the weak spot? There's another Colossus that you got to figure out how the hell do you climb him? There's nothing to grab onto, but then you figure out, oh, I got to wait for his sword to strike. I got to climb the damn sword, hope I don't fall off. And eventually you get to that sweet spot. And once you get to that, you you begin to deliver your damage. And I can I completely understand why this game first got a uh, HD. They got an HD version on the PlayStation 3, which is the, the main one that I played. And that what comes with two games. It comes with ICO, which a lot of people know about. Uh, the They technically have a third game that's in the scope of the world, and that is The Last Guardian. I, played I still it. haven't played that. I still haven't played that. I Man, tried it. I, you know, it was it all is, right. that is the perfect example of, I was playing it, and I'm like, I love it. I love this game, because I love Shadow of the Colossus. I hate it. I hate it. There's just something that did not click. It's yet. Metal Gear Online. It took forever to come out, too. Yeah, it, yeah. it did take forever. But Metal Gear Online still had the redeeming quality that I could play with you as a friend. I was yeah. playing also, by myself Ico, with this one. Ico is like, I played it once and I'm like, okay, I don't think I ever need to play that again because that one's a very frustrating one too. But yeah, oh, yeah really, Shadow, but- of the, Shadow of the Colossus was the nice sweet spot that they found. And what I loved about both games is that they were very simplistic. One is escape, right? With Ico, that's pretty much the entire game. You grab the girl, you try to run away. With here, there's the different battles. And uh, with the PS2 version, I would not suggest you go back to that one because you could definitely tell they were very uh, hungry and eager to make this game, but the console's hardware capabilities weren't exactly there. So the frame rate is awful. Even on the PS3 version, the frame rate is just okay. Now, when you talk about the, the version on the PS4, I played the pro version. My goodness, people, that is just a beautiful game. And I think there's a lot to say that you know, despite the evolutions, the gameplay is still pretty much the same. So they knew going in, look, the gameplay is awesome. Maybe the hardware of it was not great. And if you're subscribed to PlayStation Plus, hopefully you picked it up when they actually gave it for free a couple of months ago. I forget when it was, but it was available there. But really, all in all, it doesn't matter which version you get of this game. I hate that we don't have a lot more games like this where it is just one objective. It is one type of gameplay, but they get so damn creative with having you just sit there and analyze the enemy. I know I got to kill you, but how? How do I actually get to that point? Once you get there, it's pretty much the same thing. You hit the enemy three to four times, you're good to go. But the entire journey of actually getting to them and witnessing this empty world that is just beautiful, despite the fact that really not much is going on, is what made me fall in love with it. And I've beaten the game like three times. So, uh, Ryan, I know you freaking love this game as well, right? So, could you talk uh, about what you think of it? Yeah, I love this game. Like you said, there's no filler. It's all boss battles. Each boss battle is its own puzzle. And each one is relatively unique in how you defeat it. So, there's there's a lot to try and figure out. Some of the, some of the boss fights, like when you don't know what to do, can be quite difficult. And uh, some of them are much more obscure than others. But it is uh, such a fun game. And like you said, I think 
back in the PS2 era, they were almost too ambitious with the scope of, you know, the Colossus. Because they do a great job of making them really feel huge. But as you said, the frame rate definitely suffers for it. So I'm glad that they've continued to enhance this game. They've recognized that this game, even PS3, never truly was put to its full potential. I mean, that that's I mean, that's what you gotta think about a game, right? The fact that how ambitious were they in PS2 that this game was so awesome, but they had to keep re-releasing it for years until PS5, it was fine. PS5. It took, yeah, it took the PS4 to finally put this game like in its proper state, like the way that it should be. And like that's how ambitious they were, basically. And but like you said, all versions are playable. I would definitely love to play the the PS4 version. I'm guessing there's even a difference between, like you, you say, a lot of the examples you're showing in the video version are for the PS4 Pro. So there's probably even a significant difference between PS4 and PS4 Pro on yep. this game. Yeah, they, they actually allow you to choose the priority of its uh, resolution or frame rate. For me, uh, I personally prefer way more frame rate rather than Agreed. resolution. You and looking right at choice. that game, yeah, and, and dude, buttery smooth, 60 FPS, Colossi Battles doesn't get a lot better. Yes, than I also that. love how the colors aren't quite as washed out in the like they did a bet, better job on the colors for the the PS4 version as well cuz that was always a thing that it seemed like do I have like the gamma on my TV too yeah. high or something? Like what's going on here? Yeah, so uh Keith, uh, have you I forget, have you played Shadow? Not as much as I should. I played the PS2 version a long time ago and got about two Colossi in and then just kind of put it down and never picked it back up again. But it's something I've always wanted to go back and check out. And I know I need to. It's one of those games that's just like a big you need to play this style game. But never really got into it i i respect it from a distance though and i'd like to go back a little bit to a point you made about being disappointed that more games aren't like this i actually think it works out well in its favor that there's not a lot of games like this because we see so many uh examples in the video game industry of just like an idea being beaten to death like imagine there was a time when we used to say that about roguelikes like oh I wish there were more roguelikes out there. Fast forward 10 years and everything's a roguelike these days. The fact that there is this beautiful game that kind of sits on its own mountain. They, like, yes, there are games that tried to do it. I don't think they succeeded as well, but they're good in their own right. But it's just this thing that's never been able to be uh, replicated since. The only time that it comes close to that feeling again is when it gets re-released and it just looks better. It's something really special, and it's probably something we talk about uh, a lot in this episode about things that stand the test of time. Shadow of the Colossus, I think, is the video game that stands the test of time, especially from the PS2 era. Absolutely. And people, uh, those are just three games. We could talk about this. <clears throat> I'm even going to listen to my voice at this point. We could talk about this for uh, many hours because, you know, you, you talk about... Need for Speed Underground, Tony Hawk, from the third mm -hmm. one all the way up to can that. I, uh, can I sidetrack for a minute? Of course. Because there's, there's something in this topic that just makes me really sad to think about, because there's a game I wish, oh, I wish so badly that I could recommend that you play in 2020. Dog's Life. But it, 
it doesn't work anymore. No, don't go play a dog's life. I wish with all of my heart, all of my black heart, that I could sit here and tell you to go play Resident Evil Outbreak. I want yep. to tell you that so bad, but it doesn't work anymore, and it breaks my heart. R.I.P. servers. Uh, I love you, Resident Evil Outbreak, and I wish I could spread your good word. I know there's ways to play you that aren't exactly legitimate, but I love you, and I miss you, and I want you again. Yeah, for those who don't know, Resident Evil Outbreak was a four-player online co-op Resident Evil game with tank control. So don't think about like RE4, RE5, 6, and all that. Uh, This was straight up the original type of RE game. And uh, we pretty much bonded as friends through this game. And uh, like for, there was a large chunk of our life where it'd be like, oh, OK, we would get online at the end of our day and then like go play a mission like, hey, let's catch up. What'd you do today? And we'd catch up over a round of decisions, decisions. And then, oh, man, yeah, man, we, we got to start. We got to stop talking about this before I start crying now. But people, <laughs> uh, if you would like us to know which are some of the games that you recommend some people play in 2020, once again, reach out on Twitter, a cast to the past. You can also comment on the YouTube version. And if you like what we do, we can subscribe. You can subscribe. We can subscribe as well. But you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and leave a five star review on any of the apps of your choosing. We are available on Spotify. So if you'd like to listen to some of that music and you want to switch over to Mr. Keith Hamilton, you can do that without having to switch to another app. So up until next time, this has been another exciting episode of a cast. To the past. Keith. One, make sure that you select UBCS1. We need that no! age frame. I miss you, Outbreak. You were so bad, yet so good. <laughs>